0: run if you must hide if you can scream if you are able but above all if you are alone don't let them catch you (laughs) the slashers Welcome to The Slashers, a brand new podcast that I've been thinking of for a number of years where I wanted to take what I deem to be the golden age of a subgenre that was much maligned but has gained appreciation through the years and go from everything from iconic kills and killers to deep cuts and be uh, comprehensive, if not exhaustive. Originally, I kind of had this idea for the show. It was originally going to be a part of something else that I was doing but I realized that it was um, too big. It was too big just to do kind of one-off episodes or even a series of episodes that really deserved to have more attention to it and really deserved to have not just myself, but other people involved as well. And it really deserved to be its own show. And I went back in time and I studied the history of the theater of blood in France and how that influenced uh, eventually filmmaking, which actually replaced the theater of blood. I went back and I studied how the, the the novels, the crime novels of Edgar Wallace got turned into yellow bound books called crimmies in Germany. And how that also was contemporaneous with uh, yellow crime novels in Italy, which were known as giallos and how all of that sort of ended up going into film, especially post World War II and post uh, fascist Europe and how you started to get these really sort of boundary pushing crime movies about sex and violence and twisted perverts and then uh, we saw the as all of these things were inspired by British crime fiction it then kind of came back to Britain because we had uh, not just people inspired by Agatha Christie but we had a couple of British directors in particular Michael Powell with Peeping Tom
1: Look out for Carl Byrne as the Peeping Tom Fear him but pity him also so good. Watch out for Moira
0: Shearer as the lovely stand-in... And Alfred, H- Alfred Hitchcock and with Psycho, which both came out in 1960. Here we
1: have a quiet little motel, tucked away off the main highway, and as you see, perfectly harmless looking, when in fact, it has now become known as the scene of
0: the crime which kind of took all of that and and, and, uh, made it a little bit more mainstream, a little bit less, a little bit less egregious, more psychological and how that would go on influence survival films in the uh, new Hollywood. The biggest, bloodiest horror show in history. I drink your blood. Hollywood collapsed by the end of the 1960s. Into the early 70s, a bunch of brand new filmmakers, film brats and and film fanatics who grew up on um, these sorts of films and were heavily inspired by European, French, and Italian filmmakers decided to make their own movies. And they made movies like Last House on the Left and I Spit on Your Grave and uh, The Hills Have Eyes and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And w- a very young filmmaker who looked like an old man his entire life was then approached by a producer who wanted to cash in on all these massacre movies, all these uh, rape revenge movies and female survivalist films. And he wanted to do a babysitter massacre movie. And he approached two two young filmmakers, actually, John Carpenter, Deborah Hill. And they decided, if we're going to do it, do we want to make another sort of sleazy movie? another just sort of uh, Texas chainsaw massacre, psycho ripoff, or do we want to be influenced more directly by Jalo films? Do we want to be more about tension? Are we going to be influenced by Bob Clark's uh, black Christmas and focus more on suspense and tension and kind of elevate this a little bit, uh, so to speak. I'm big on form and structure and within a certain context, doing certain things, the film making now Halloween uh, hopefully will be a, is a horror film loaded with scares Suspense scares, not hopefully not grisly or, or gory, but, but suspenseful, making people on the edge of their seats. I enjoy doing that. And of course that movie was Halloween. And in the wake of Halloween, we had a number of subsequent rip-offs, most famous of which was Sean S. Cunningham's Friday the 13th, where he himself professes, he went to the theater to see 1978's Halloween and watched it and decided, if, how do I take this movie and turn it into a formula? and then they based their entire screenplay on what they perceived to be the formula of Halloween, which did not exist. And then this whole new wave of Friday the 13th ripoffs and knockoffs came and we ended up in this boom period from 1980 to 1984. To put it bluntly, what you see in most of these films is a lot of teenage girls being raped or stabbed to death, usually
2: both. This is a depressing development in American movies, and on this show we'll examine the nature of this
0: trend and then speculate on why we're getting so many of these films and getting them now. I wanted to talk to you about all of that history in great painstaking detail and I compiled a list of precursors to the Slasher genre, and it got the list got to be about seven hundred films or something like that and I went to someone who I was interested in joining me uh in doing this adventure, this comprehensive look at the genre, and he said, "Buddy." You got to scale down. You got to (laughs) focus your attention. You can't cover everything because this would be our full-time job, our full-time podcast. We don't have time for that. So uh, that person is Paul, who you may know as one of the hosts of formerly known as the countdown movie and TV reviews podcast. Now just the countdown podcast. He's an Australian podcaster, one of the most successful independent podcasters from his part of the world. Um, Paul, You agreed to do this, you helped pare this down and give a a more supreme, centralized focus to it, and you are going to be my co-host for this bastard creation of ours, The Slashers. Madness. Madness. (laughs)
2: Absolute madness. Yeah. Why, how did you talk me into this, Jason? (laughs) No. It's an absolute honor to be here. I am very excited by what we're about to unleash on an unsuspecting horror community and the sub community within it, the slasher appreciators, you have, when you had 700 films, you didn't just go, you know what, let's, and as you said, right at the top, let's not just do the Friday 13th and the Nightmare Mm -hmm. on Elm Streets and the like you said, let's go into the deepest, darkest, nastiest corners of the Mm -hmm. slasherdom. So we cover it all. I know on your main show on binge movies, you're talking about, you know, we cover everything from the, uh, François Truffaut to the what's the other side of that coin Tommy Wiseau's to the Tommy Wiseau so you've done the same thing here and there are some absolute pieces of shit I disagree on some of those some of them into (laughs) the limelight and you've made me watch and I you know my mind has been blown it's been blown apart it's been pulled back together again by some of the conversations that we've had around those films and yeah I was it was Quite the project. I've seen a lot of movies over the last month or two, and it's been a pleasure to go on this journey with you. So I thought you were going to say there, I approached a guy who told me to cull it back, and then I gave up on him and went to another guy, and he gave up on him, and I went. And eventually, 12 people down the line, I got to you, Paul, and here I am because I was foolish enough to say yes. Yeah. So it's going, to be, it's going to be a hell of a journey.
0: You were my number one choice to do this. For those that don't know us or only know one of us, you and I have been doing guest appearances with each other for almost a decade. About eight or nine years. Yeah, it's coming up on what right. yeah. And for the last four years, we've been doing something on my main show where we would take an entire horror franchise and rank it during Halloween season in one or two episodes. And those are some it of the most listened to, wholesome. downloaded episodes of all time <laughs> in the history of the show. And it always attracts a very, very large audience. And the horror community is a – there's a – it's a huge community of people, massive community of people of all different types of people from all different walks of life, all different pers- persuasions, the very inclusive community. And we've always gotten a lot of support from the horror community in that. And we're both horror movie fans. And so it seemed only Massively. right Again. that if we're going to do something together, which we've wanted to do for a while, um, we, we should probably do something in that genre and in, in with that fandom that already is very supportive of us and and something that we're already fans of and so yeah to your point we're we're covered at all this is for both casual horror movie fans people who want to learn more about the slasher genre people who know a shit ton more than us i think we'll get something out of it if nothing else but i'm sorry frustration and yelling at us all the facts we're getting wrong (laughs) and um and we're we're covering drive-in movies that were barely barely seen when they were released that have only like barely been preserved through time they're falling apart in shreds and we're getting them and we're watching them and we're covering those those triple a titles that have become iconic for a reason that everybody watches every halloween season everybody remembers We're, we're we're covering it all not exhaustively because this is a big decade for slasher films but i would say comprehensively we're getting a spectrum of films and it's so big it's so massive paul That the two of us are not enough to do it. No, no,
2: we were never going to be enough. It was ridiculous thought slash assertion that we could do it ourselves. And so you had the genius idea of let's not just do it ourselves. Yeah.
0: Let's throw in a wild card. Let's throw in somebody who is smarter than us. We're two slobs. Let's throw in somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about. Let's throw in, okay, I'm a genre movie apologist. I'm a cult movie driving a movie apologist. You're a film snob, gore hound, blood pervert. (laughs) Blood pervert, excellent. But we need something to to counterbalance that. And that counterbalance the wild card of it all, I am proud. The third act twist of all of this to firmly finally announce our third host of the show is Megan Kearns from Spoiler Piece Theater. Uh, And many other outlets Many other film (laughs) criticism outlets (laughs) Megan How the hell are you? Why did you agree to do this?
1: Hi guys, thank you so much That was such a lovely introduction Um, And we're very sorry Yeah, I'm sorry All I kept thinking is, is that you guys are not slobs. I am not smarter. You guys are amazing. And it is a complete privilege and joy and Very delight calm. and honor to be here with you, too. And I did this because, Jason, I'll do anything you ask. Like, you should know that by now. Whoa, hey. I wouldn't have believed that,
0: but I do believe it now.
1: <laughs> now, now we've done what we've done yeah. for the show. Yeah. You message me and you're like, can you do that? Yes. Do you want to do Yes. <laughs>
0: And one of these episodes I'm, I am I say it uh, uh if it makes the final edit but I'll say it again here so it gets out there. Megan is one of my favorite people to intellectually spar with. So is Paul. Uh Aww. because even when even when we <laughs> agree, we hardly ever agree for the same reasons and we even if we come to the same consensus it's for from different perspectives. <laughs> and that is what I think is going to make the show so interesting is that we really do the three of us have wildly different tastes, wildly different perspectives. And we are all, you know, I am the creator of this show mostly, but I am an equal host to these other two people. This is, we are all hosts of this show throughout the show. You're going to hear us sort of changing duties and, and we're going to revolve who, who leads the show off. So these are, we're all co-hosts to each other. These are not my co-hosts. I'm not the main host. Uh, I may be executive producer, but these are my, we're all co-hosts to each other. We are uh, uh, all first among equals. So, And Megan, I wanted you to be a part of this. I pitched it to Paul. Paul thought it was a great idea um, to have a legitimate film critic, someone who loves horror movies. That, I think, might surprise some of your listeners at Spoiler. Some of them who are newer to you. Tell us about (laughs) your love for horror movies, how you grew up with them.
1: I did, yeah. So, I mean... I don't always get to choose what I write about. Sometimes it's assigned to me, but when I do get to choose, I often gravitate towards genre, whether it's horror, sci-fi or fantasy. Um, and we do cover a lot of horror on spoiler piece. We cover a lot of newer horror and indie horror. Um, but yeah, no, a lot. Not everyone knows this about me because yeah, I grew up watching horror. Um, I love, and specifically slashers. I grew up watching obscure horror. I grew up watching the, the really well-known classic slashers like Nightmare on Elm Street um, and many others now. I don't know why that's the only one I'm thinking <laughs> of, probably because we just talking about that recently. But, yeah. yeah, no, I grew up watching horror. I love horror. Um, I love that horror – I mean when I was young I loved being scared. I loved that kind of visceral thrill. And as I got older, I still love that visceral thrill, but then I started kind of delving into more of the history of filmmaking and of horror specifically and how so much of it is you talked about this on one of the episodes that'll be upcoming about marginalization and and how people from the fringes and you know and then horror becomes mainstream and And So on and so forth. And horror really does resonate with many, like you said, vast array of people from various walks of life and various communities. But it does kind of at its core speak to kind of outcasts and people who feel marginalized in some way, shape or form. And I think that's part of it. But another part of it for me is that I find the primal nature of exploring visceral emotions of like fear and revenge and so on and so forth and looking at the body and the nature of the body, I find that also fascinating. And I feel that horror really boils things down to these primal emotions and to Mm -hmm. exploring parts of the body and how we interact with the body as individuals and as collectively as a society. And I also think that horror is w- one of the most political genres, which also is just mm. fascinating to me because all art is political, even when it's apolitical and horror really delves into so many facets of society. Um, and I just, I find it all riveting. So I love it on the very visceral level and I love it on a filmmaking and film context level.
0: Okay, Paul, uh why why do you love horror movies and um, can you be as articulate as Megan?
1: Oh, no. You're so <laughs> kind, oh, I Thank can't. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was that was
2: that was beautifully said. I like horror films because I wasn't allowed to watch them when I was young. And so, of course, as an act of rebellion, I sought them out as soon as I was able and would, you know, badger my easier pushover of a parent to watch horror films when the other parent was looking the other way. So it became quite the, you know, the rebellious sort of you shouldn't do this kind of thing. And, of course, I could handle it. And my dad's attitude was always, if you can handle it, you can go ahead. That's fine. Whereas my mom's like, oh, my God, protect him from the horrors, literally, of this genre. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a, call it what you will, Finding my own identity is wrapped up in horror, and Mm. I know it's such a divisive genre that people who love horror will, you know, go to the ends of the earth and will watch a hundred films to find that one diamond in the rough, which is absolutely blows their mind, and they can recommend it to all their other horror film fan friends and in the communities and the like. Where maybe more so than any other genre, I think it's it's very tightly knit, very tightly woven, and so to be a part of that. And to be able to say, oh yeah, I love horror films and, and then know something about the other person when they go, oh, I hate horror films or, or I love them. My wife hates horror films. I still married her. So it's not like it's a judgmental thing. It's just the, are we going to vibe at that yeah. particular level? And so, you know, it's nice to vibe with the two of you, even though, as you said, Jason, we, we come at it from very different kinds of perspectives. So horror is kind of the forbidden fruit. It also feels a bit like I'm part of a cool gang that a large proportion of film appreciators aren't involved with. That's why I like it so much.
0: Yeah, for me, I grew up with the genre, obviously. I grew up with a dad who went to the video store every weekend, if not multiple times a week, and came back with two bags full of movies and and <laughs> two sacks full nice. of movies. Nice. <laughs> and uh, one, one of them would be, you know, whatever the latest drama was that he thought my mom would like, courtroom drama probably, and then maybe some whatever the recent Disney movie was or kids movie and maybe a couple action movies. The other bag was all horror movies, science fiction and horror in particular. And that was the full range of horror movies from again, like A titles to anything Charles band put out, you know, and yeah. maybe even some traumas, you know? And so oh, wow. um, <laughs> I grew up with it all, man. And it was all in the house. And it was something I really bonded with my dad over is watching horror movies. And um, some of my earliest memories of being terrified in my life and scarred for years came the nightmare on Elm street. And I saw it when I was three years old, not great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I've always had an interest in it. And as my appreciation for film and film history has grown, um, and in particular, like genre film history and how it's a great indicator of where the larger Hollywood history was going. Um, I think no genre is a better sort of bellwether, uh, than, than the horror genre. And in the 1980s, of course, it's the slasher genre. And we're going to cover that. You know, we Megan, you mentioned it. It's like we go from really outsider kind of stuff to as middle of the road as you could possibly go <laughs> within a very mm-hmm. short period of time. So if it I, I promise you, there's going to be people who are going to listen and go, Why didn't you cover this? And why didn't you cover that? And why did you do this? And why didn't you do that? And I we welcome those comments. We want to know what you want to hear from us, what you feel we're missing out on the best place to leave those comments. As you listen to the show is in a review on Apple podcast, on Spotify. Um, this is a limited series. We're going to have a number of episodes. If there's enough of a response and embrace of it, because we are both busy, we're all three of us. I should say busy, yeah. busy, busy people. Um, especially when it comes to the world of film. We, we enjoy doing it but this is a passion project for all three of us and so um if it's embraced and it's there's a passionate response to it uh we will have those conversations about another limited series for next year potentially so um and there are we got plenty to cover there's plenty left to talk about but um well we we need to hear from you we need to hear that hey this is a worthwhile endeavor for you leave us a review and in your review Throw some ideas at about, talk about this movie, talk about that movie. We want to be bombarded with responses. Um, so feel free to do exactly. so. Yeah. yeah. Reviews,
2: tell your friends, tell the other people in the horror community, spread the word yeah. through your social network channels and yeah, help us get out to a wider audience in a, in a short period of time. There are seven main episodes outside this prologue and an epilogue. So it's going to be all over with just after Halloween yep. of this year. And the first episode will drop right after this. So you should be able to get this prologue and the first episode to get your teeth right into it and get going from there. And uh, hopefully you'll stay with us on the journey. And I can guarantee you, it really is quite the journey. <laughs> we go in some very, sure is. very strange directions and have some very, very, I mean, heat is not the right way. We have some fun debates uh, with, and, and some serious ones too, yeah. um, some of the issues yep. that come up. Yes. So we're going to. There's some jokes. Don't get me wrong. I'm here. So I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> being idiotic comments,
0: yeah.
2: but Megan's here and Jason's here. So there's going to be, you know, some deep dive, uh, important conversations as well.
0: I want to thank everybody for the early support of this. When we made the announcement, uh, Paul yeah. and I, there was a, uh, oh yeah, we've been waiting for something like this, which let me feel like, okay. When I pitched this to you two years ago and all the work we've put in is, there isn't there is a some audience out there for it that's been waiting. So thank you. Thank you for your support through all the years. And I want to say a big thank you to Paul and Megan. This they've carved out a lot of time to let me Well, no more less than you have, Jason, I think. Even less because
2: you're the one that put this <laughs> list together. So if anyone should be thanking anyone, it should be us thanking thanking Absolutely. you for putting all that hard
0: prep work in and getting this off the ground. All right. Well, those are all the good feelings. We'll get to the fights in the next episode it starts off pretty, pretty chippy. And, and we start with 1980, which like Paul said should be available in your feed right after you listen to this. So give it a listen, leave us a review. I'd love to hit hundred reviews on Apple podcast uh, this season. That'd be wonderful. That's my goal. So please start multiple accounts, create a bot, do whatever you have to do. (laughs) Give us those reviews. Uh,
1: yeah. I, uh, Is there anything left to say? If you want to follow the slashers podcast, you can follow the slashers podcast on Instagram and the slashers on letterboxd.
0: Again, love to hear from you and reach out to us on social media, follow us on letterboxd, leave us a review. Do all this stuff. And I leave you with this piece of advice from us, the slashers to you. Be mindful, be aware. If you hear a stick break behind you in the middle of the woods, don't roll your ankle because you don't want us catching up. But eventually, inevitably, when you can see the chill of your own breath, know that we will catch you later.